Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising. And we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We are doing it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today for tools for your feminine, masculine awakening journey and to schedule mentorships and couples coaching with me directly. Now, let's begin. The Sacred Remembering Podcast is for modern women waking up to the truth of who we are. I know that that's why you are here and I am here in service to you and to your path. And that is why I have built the Sacred Remembering Membership Community. It is a place where we can come together in our sacred remembrance, in our sparks of remembrance, in our questions that we have um, with and for one another. Um, We come together live and in person the first and third Sunday of every month. Um, I like to meet on Sundays because I like to give that little nod to the, uh, you know, the whole religious complex that um, skewed with so many of us. Um, And so we meet on Sundays, we meet on Sunday afternoons, and we come back into the sacred remembrance, the sovereignty, um, the wholeness, the community um, on this path of sacred feminine remembrance and sacred masculine remembrance and the integration of those within us. So everything's on the table. Anything that you hear on this podcast is on the table and you are an active member of this community. Um, So anything you bring then you can bring it to the group as well, to the live calls. And we also have our own social media network. We're using the Mighty Networks platform, which is just uh, the best in my opinion. And so we have a private community on there. You can download the app on your phone and then it's conscious social media. And so you can reply to the things that are going on there, support um, the community that's building um, by, by replying to someone else and by bringing your own um, inquiries, questions, needs for support, et cetera, et cetera, podcast reflections. Um, Also included in the membership, last but not least, is a library of teachings, courses, recordings, meditations that I have done over time. We've built a library for you to access and to dive into all of those resources um, on your own time as well. So we are building community in support of women remembering the sacred right alongside, you know, your professionalism, your modern relationships, your financial abundance and prosperity. I mean, we, we're really building a whole and integrated um, opportunity there that is all done in the name of sovereignty. And so come on over. You can go to sarahpoet.com and find the Sacred Remembering membership and join monthly reach out to me if you have any questions at all via sarah at sarahpoet.com. And we hope to see you in the membership soon.
Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. I'm Sarah Poet and I am here today with a very real, very raw episode recorded by me personally talking about story, sharing, and I was walking in the woods this morning and really being in the physicality this morning, just really wanting to get back into my body. I had COVID a few weeks ago. I'll probably have to clear my throat a couple of times um, during this episode. But it's lingering around a little bit, and that's an invitation to really get back into my body, get back into my power, and move, you know, continuing to move these energies through. Um, When I got COVID, I was like, okay, I'm going to treat this fever like a um, shamanic journey, (laughs) you know, as I do. Um, I'm always looking at the soul, always looking at... Um, what wants to come back to integration. And so this podcast episode, this idea for this podcast episode came to me this morning when I was in the woods and I was moving my body and feeling strong. And the episode idea came in and I kind of, I tried to push it away because I didn't want to talk about it. (laughs) To be honest with you, I did not want to do this episode. So this is pretty vulnerable. It's a pretty vulnerable episode. I'm talking about a pretty vulnerable space in the body, the stomach. Um, And so I don't know, you know, sometimes I need to tell these stories for me, I guess, in my own integration and alchemy. But being that spirit told me to start this podcast and hundreds of you listen to it, I also know that this episode, if, if I'm being told to record it now, it is for you and probably for many of you. And so um, what I'd like to do is share some story, but through the story that I'm about to share, I know that there are going to be your own sacred remembering sparks. Um, I know that I would not have journeyed with this topic for this long if I weren't supposed to share it, share the integration, um, share it back out. And so my story is not going to exactly mirror your story, but we all have sacred remembering stories. Many women have um, gut issues. And so this episode is for the women with the gut issues. Um, Sending so much love to you just right off the bat here. Um, Yeah. So gut issues, you know, fill in the blank with whatever your experience is. Like whether there is a medical diagnosis, whether you just have like strange digestive stuff, um, you know, something that maybe you've looked for a diagnosis for for a long time. I know I spent a long time like in my 20s wondering if I had Crohn's, wondering what the heck was going on. You know, this is um, a journey that I've really been on for multiple decades. Wow. Wow multiple decades. Um, And my stomach was trying to tell me some things. It really was. And I'm really coming back into a place of personal power. And so that's what I want to share with you is that, um, you know, sometimes what appears as a medical journey, as a soul journey, 
And it's always a soul journey, no matter what's going on. We're looking for integration. We're looking for um, the integration of our, let's say, higher selves or sovereign selves into our physical bodies. Um, here and now, this is the age of ascension, right? We're coming into consciousness on the planet, greater and greater all the time. But it's happening in the physical body because, hello, we live in a physical body, right? So the physical bodies are going to show us, in my opinion, where the disintegration is still going on, like where the potential is um, for us to, to look at it and ask these places of the body what they want, because everything wants wholeness and everything wants to get closer to God or to the sacred, whatever you call that. And so I have to remind myself of that too. You know, if my stomach is hurting or, you know, it's got like an inexplicable, you know, symptom going on rather than like tunneling down into the symptom, I have to remember that everything wants to integrate to wholeness. So um, I do want to say that, of course, I'm not giving you medical advice. You are in charge of your own body, mind, and soul. And so I'm sharing a story here and I'm going to invite you to ask yourself how it applies to you. Um, also toward the end, I'm going to be coming in with like some big, you know, soul integration pieces, like some big life lesson pieces. And so stick around to the end, because I think that that really is going to serve a couple of you, um, a couple or many of you. And so as I am like opening up into this vulnerable as fuck topic, because my spirit told me to today and to share this with you. Totally a surprise, totally a surprise that I am sharing this with you today. Um, but that's also cool because I know that like it is proof of integration. Um, it is proof that I can talk about these things, not fear, you know, being like killed for it, you know, like it's like proof that the integration is happening, which I am really grateful for. Um, but it is still vulnerable. So if you'll do me a solid and we're going to breathe together for a minute and just come into the body and uh, letting all of the air out of body, the belly, the chest, I want you to feel this area of your stomach, maybe putting a hand on it, placing your mind's eye and attention on it. And whatever the circumstances are today, whatever the felt sense is in the belly today, I want you to breathe air into this space, acknowledging the sacred nature of this space. Inhaling and exhaling ever so lovingly. Presencing, letting your body know that even though we might talk about some vulnerable things today, even though we might bring up some things that that, um, are maybe even potentially triggering for you today, we can handle it. And the belly can handle it and the body can handle it. When we presence lovingly, 
we switch out of fight or flight, right? And back into presence. Just really powerful, really powerful for healing. So acknowledging this belly, this area of the body that's responsible for digestion and personal power and a little bit lower in the body in the women, we have the womb. It's all connected, this area of the root, the sacral. Yeah, this area that's been exposed, been, been made very vulnerable over time. And we're not at all overlooking that in this conversation or ever in my spaces. We're honoring it. Bringing your exhale really down into the belly, meeting the feeling of being connected to the earth, bringing the sacred down into the body in this incension, welcoming sacred into these areas that have experienced so, so much. Meeting the presence with your exhale there. And so I don't know about you, but I am tuning into feeling a sense of really big love for this area of my body. And so I invite you to feel that too for your body. Love, solidarity, remembrance. And how about this, y'all? How about this? A commitment to walking in partnership with this area of the body if you know, potentially you've segmented this part of the body a little bit or ostracized it, or maybe you're angry with it um, for not behaving like you want it to. I've done all of those things. You are not alone. And so committing to loving partnership with your belly, your stomach, your womb, with this power center, committing to the journey of sacred remembrance, right? Ah, that feels better, doesn't it? Okay. So I'm going to share some story. I know that through story, we can, um, you know, hear things that spark remembrance for ourselves. I am primarily talking to women with this, but, um, you know, anybody's welcome here. And so I'd love to hear your story and your reflection, no matter who you are. Um, And yeah, if this episode does um, spark something in you, or if you're grateful for it, or you just want to say, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought of that before. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, You know, it may be nice to hear from you. So you can drop a review or email me at sarah at sarahpoet.com. So, um, you know, just in case I haven't said it already, the point of this is sovereignty and soul integration and everything that I do in my practice, embodied breath, everything that I do 
is trauma-informed, meaning that I do understand trauma. I do understand how trauma lives in the body and gets triggered and gets you know stuck. Um, and I have lived a trauma recovery journey for a very long time, but I've also lived a sacred remembrance journey of, you know, being a being of light and remembering, um, that I, I didn't come to suffer and I didn't come to just heal. I didn't come to incessantly heal forever. I came to also feel good and thrive. And so sometimes we can get, kind of stuck or entrapped in uh, like trauma identification, um, which I think is actually a part of the attempt to, you know, control humans um, because, you know, we can think that we have to heal forever and, um, and not ever truly step into the true and sovereign truth of who we are because we're like, we're still healing. We're still healing, um, on and on and on. And that actually blocks you from your power. Okay. So keep that in mind as I build this bridge with this uh, podcast episode, and I'm going to start out with some story. And you all have a story that um, you have lived with your guts, with, um, you know, it, and everything I'm going to say today, of course, it has to do with feminine masculine, it has to do with our relationships, um, you know, man, woman, um, whether or not we're loved, whether or not we're feeling safe, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I thought I was going to start with the story of becoming pregnant and 18, because of course that definitely had a lot to do with my belly. But the first thing that's actually coming up is another sacred remembrance of being a really young child, like less than four. And I was sitting in a preschool circle. Maybe I was like four or five, like right before kindergarten, probably. And I was sitting in a reading circle and, you know, like had our space on the carpet and I remember holding my belly, like my little tiny hand on my little tiny belly. And that was so comforting to me. It was like, I didn't feel totally comfortable in the world. I didn't feel safe in the world. I didn't quite know why. Um, all children, I think, want to believe and search for that safety. But I'll come back to that later in the episode, what was going on with that little one. But she was like, holding her own belly for comfort. Like she was letting herself know, Hey, I'm here. And in trauma recovery, we call that resourcing. Like when you touch a part of your body and you know, you bring comfort to it. I also teach couples to do this for one another because we have a lot of, um, you know, effects of trauma that are playing out in relationships and we want to be close and we want to be intimate. And it's like, but my body's telling me to stop or slow down or that I'm not actually feeling very safe here in this connection, even though maybe it's supposed to be safe. And so I actually teach couples how to presence and resource for one another, because when we bring safe presence to the body, we can actually move through the trauma and that's a process. Okay. So intuitively my little child self knew to do this. Like my belly already didn't feel safe in the world. And I was resourcing for myself by putting my hands on my belly. And like, that's how I got through like these scared times. I mean, it would 
appear that I was safe. Like I met circle time on the carpet in preschool, but something had already happened inside of my body that I did not feel inherently safe in the world. So I was just holding my own belly. So big love to all of our younger selves, right? The inner child um, that went through some shit. And then the the memories, the self-protection, the mechanisms for safety stay with us, okay? So down the line in my life, I was, um, you know, perfectly rebellious in a very sacred kind of way um, and discovering my desire and discovering my love and like physicality and intimacy. And I had broken away from the church, and was a you know rebel against the the church and everything that my father and this like supposed masculine god stood for and i was um, rebelling and loving you know loving as rebellion and i was really coming into a relationship with the feminine i did not know it at that time if you want to hear me talk more about that story um when I was interviewed on the Home to Her podcast with Liz Kelly, I told that whole story. So you can look up that Home to Her episode if you want to hear that story and like the religious recovery and all of that that I went through and what that had to do with intimacy and the masculine and all of that. So that's all there. So I won't repeat that here. But I really was like coming into this um, age of empowerment that really was a remembrance of the feminine. And I didn't know that language then whatsoever, but um, I was like rediscovering my indigenous heritage, um, like rediscovering my connection with nature. You know, it was like when I started um, driving and having that freedom, then it was like my spiritual sacred remembrance, like freedom came with that. And so with that came a remembrance of sexuality because of course, because like intimacy and desire and longing and connection and all of that is like very, very sacred and a huge part of my soul's journey. And so I um, was in love with this uh, beautiful man and we ended up making a baby accidentally. And um, I won't tell the whole story here because you've heard it, but I'll just t- try to tell it in a different way and talking about my body. So my body became home to this beautiful baby, this beautiful um, baby girl, this sacred, sacred child. And I grew her inside of me, even though there was like so much external judgment, you know, growing up in this like religious small town, people that had spoken to me, my your life no longer spoke to me, you know, so much judgment, so much like directed shame and or inflicted or whatever. And so I saw myself as like her harbinger. I was like, I'm going to get her through. And I knew very early in the pregnancy that she would be adopted. Um, but I definitely took my like job very seriously of growing her and growing her in the most pure way that I knew possible. And so intuitively, I was like reaching for the midwife, you know, midwifery books and natural birth books. And um, she was nine pounds, three ounces, and I birthed her all naturally. And so I was, you know, probably 120 pounds at the time that I got pregnant and a high school, you know, I just graduated high school. 
and I was rather thin. Now, I didn't ever see myself as thin. And especially after I gained like 45 pounds, I had gestational diabetes with my pregnancy. And um, especially after I gained 45 pounds, you know, I definitely didn't feel slender or thin. And, um, you know, after the birth, this baby was gone. And so I had a body that was significantly changed as any woman who gives birth knows, like very significantly changed. She was nine pounds, three ounces, and I was 120 pounds when we started. And so I had this huge stomach with all of these stretch marks. And um, I, I didn't know, you know, how to go back to like fitting in to being a 19 year old and going to college and going to the beach with friends and putting on a bathing suit. And, um, you know, it was like, I just kept thinking I have the body of a mother, but I have no baby. And, um, and just like a body dysmorphia really resulted, you know, fast forward body dysmorphia. And for those of you, you know, I, I've never been like diagnosed with that. I I looked it up before this podcast and it is, you know, something that you can be diagnosed with. Um, and so I don't use the term lightly, but again, um, I just want to have like a kind of non-medical conversation here. Um, and so, what that means is that my image of myself was very, very, very skewed, very skewed. And um, I I don't know that it ever quite recovered. Like I've gone through phases with it, but, you know, I still, honestly, to this day, um, I've, I've made a lot of changes even recently that I'm going to talk about. And I am really like I'm, I'm slender again in a way that I just like haven't experienced in my adult life um, because I'm healing my gut on deeper and deeper and deeper levels um, and bring it in the light, right? As the sovereign being. But um, I guess I'll share here that like even recently, body dysmorphia has shown up again because as I've been... Um, getting myself to greater and greater healing, it's like, spoiler alert, because I'm sharing that I have always had gut issues. <laughs> like, and, and with that, I have always had body image issues to some degree. And that has been because like my gut has always like protruded a little bit. And I have this story that like I was supposed to be slender um, and, you know, with, with small breast size, it was like, if my stomach was kind of like bigger than my breasts, that was another thing that that 19 year old was like, how do I deal with this? Like, how do I, um, you know, have a, a positive body image about this. And so that was one of these things, like these beliefs, the loss, the trauma of, you know, my belly being a home for my daughter. And then the baby was gone. And so it was like, you know, just layers and layers and layers and layers of, um, you know, deep psychology around this trauma. And like, my 
my parents, the, you know, the recipe for success. And I've said this other places was just like, go back to normal, like just go to college and and achieve and, um, you know, get stuff done and get a degree and get a job and get yourself back into the position where you're worthy of being a mother again one day. And so I can feel, you know, so energetic patterns start like when there's a trauma and, um, we have to deal with it. We have to cope with it. And in that case, like I just had to keep going, it, it felt, and I didn't have any therapy at the time. I put myself in therapy two years later, but the, the way that they were saying to deal with it was just to go make something of myself. And so women, you know, there are these ways that we have, uh, we pick up pick up everything that we need to just like get it together, you know, and continue on and push on and ignore the body. My belly needed so much love at that time. But what my belly got was a whole lot of judgment about how big it was um, from myself primarily. And then a whole lot of pressure to just be thin again. And I went really, really hard into Pilates um, to try to get myself like back to this 19, 20 year old body. I ended up giving myself, uh, what's it called? Um, Diastasis recti, I think is what it's called. Like I, my stomach muscles don't actually go together. Um, I feel it a lot, but they still kind of don't. Um, and so I made the, the stomach muscles kind of weaker because I did not know not to exercise right away after having a baby. And so, um, yeah, like hurt my stomach with all of the Pilates and exercise that I was doing to try to get it to go back down. Um, but what that resulted in was like a way that I held my breath and a way that I held the muscles in a tension pattern in my gut. And really by a year and a half later, I had massive, massive gut issues. No surprise, right? But I couldn't digest things. And this kind of goes back into, you know, childhood, teenagehood also. Um, but I couldn't really digest things. And I always had stomach upset and always had gas and bloating. And then I was like, I don't know if it's, you know, bloating or if it's like my, my belly's too big. And I just like, could never get this flat stomach that I psychologically wanted. Um, and <laughs> I just kind of paused there because it's interesting to admit that, like, it is really interesting to admit some of these things because some of these things are things that I've just held, you know, like we just kind of Mm, keep to ourselves about, about some of this. And I am purposefully sharing these things today to maybe to invite relaxation to all of our guts, <laughs> you know, to, to really invite us to look at like, what are the energetics that we're holding? What are the beliefs that we're holding? What are the tensions that we're holding? And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind being vulnerable for that reason. So in my early 20s, I really did have um, a lot of stomach pain, a lot. And I remember I went for like barium enemas and um, colonoscopies, like trying to figure out what it was because I just thought I was going to die. Like whatever was going on in my gut and my colon, I just felt like I was going to die. 
and they couldn't find anything, you know, surprise, surprise. So, um, so relationally, what was going on at that point in my life was that I ended up getting together with my high school best friend. And um, we had loved one another for years. He was there for me through my pregnancy. And then kind of quickly after the birth of my daughter, um, we ended up in a relationship. Now it was super codependent from the start <laughs> because I had just lost a baby. He had um, lost his mother kind of temporarily. She had gone away. And so, um, you know, we just like hooked into that mother wound, right? Mother wound all around. And so we were in that relationship for 14 years. So throughout my 20s into my early 30s. And during that time, I went and got two master's degrees. I was like on this track, like I just want to be a mother again. And I did become a mother again at age 27. And what's also interesting to note is that while I was pregnant with my son, I had no stomach issues like none whatsoever. And I remember around that time I was looking into like food allergies and do I have Crohn's and just like really searching for like what the thing was that was wrong with my stomach because it was always like on fire. And lo and behold, when I was with pregnant with my son, I didn't have any gut issues. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then also like when I was breastfeeding, I didn't have any gut issues. I could eat whatever I wanted. So very interesting. Um, and so fast forward again, when my son was five and I was 33, um, we ended up divorcing, separating. And I knew that there was a lot of fear in my body. I knew that I felt very, very, very depleted by this relationship. Um, and I just knew that I needed to walk back to myself. You know, I knew that my sacred remembering journey had started and it really started when my son was like two again. Um, not that I ever totally lost the sacred, but I definitely pushed it down with all of that productivity and hustle and, and all of that. And so, you know, after he was born, things just didn't get better just because I was a mother or just because, you know, I was married and, um, yeah. Right. <laughs> so we get divorced and I go into a full year of trauma therapy. It was so divinely ordained. My therapist quits or like retired right at that time, gave me a list of other therapists. And I was really curious about this body-based therapy called Hokomi. And I mean, those are the moments, right? Where the divine is like, here you go. Let me help you out. And the divine gave me my therapist, Anne. So I go to therapy with Anne and I had just like moved out, um, you know, like gone through the separation. I was a high school principal at the time. I'm sorry, middle school principal. And I was like, okay, look, I know that something's going on with me because... <laughs> Um, my body's tired. I have all these gut issues. I seem to have hormonal issues. I'm really freaking stressed out. I'm always scared about money and I'm kind of scared of men. And I was married. I was, I was with the same guy for 14 years and, you know, I have all these family of origin issues and I'm going to fucking fall apart now. And I like warned Anne. I was like, hi, here I am. I'm going to fall apart. Can you handle it? And, and like, she still remembers that 
interaction because she was like, I got you, girl, go. And so I started to fall apart, you know, and what was happening, and this is really important for anyone listening who's like trying to hold it all together. What was happening was like, I had gotten myself to a point, you know, out of the marriage into my own home at that point, I had gotten myself to a place where it was safe to fall apart and start to deal with the trauma. I had no idea how much trauma was still in my body. I had no idea. Okay. And that would be the journey of like the next eight to 10 years. Okay. Wait, I'm not that old yet. Um, probably eight years. Okay. So this is really important. Like when we are holding it all together as modern women, as professional women, and we start to feel our, that calling, that calling back to ourselves and shit has happened to us. There's trauma in our body. There's trauma in our body that we have coped with. We have shut down, especially in our 20s and early 30s. I really do think that because we can get away with it. In my early 20s, I still had enough like healthy cortisol and healthy adrenaline and, and all of that. Oh, yeah. By the way, I had gone through all of the hunting about the hormones with the endocrinologist in my early 30s. Like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? So, you know, in my 20s, I could get away with it because I could fucking powerhouse through everything. And so I was ignoring the body's signals, like the, the fight or flight signals, the trauma signals. I was ignoring them, A, because I didn't know how to listen to them, B, because I could just power through, like I still had energy to power through. And then in my 30s, I was like, I don't have energy to power through anymore. I have to start really listening to this. And so with Anne and the um, Hakomi therapy I did a full year every single week of body-based Hakomi therapy and was just like unraveling and learning that the trauma lives in the body. And there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. That's a really good book for that. And then I started looking at that professionally as well and doing all of this trauma and resiliency training, like for the kids in the schools that I was working with. And, and I was like, we need to be teaching them about the body and sensations and, you know, how to move this stuck energy through the body. So moving forward, I want to talk about men and the belly. Okay. And this is really, it's, we're going to go a lot deeper here. So if you have any gut issues that come up about like around men, hello, this is for us. Okay. Getting really, really real here. So I didn't date for a while. And then, I mean, I didn't even know how to, I, I was like fucking terrified of being with men. I understand more now about why that was, but I didn't understand that then. I just thought like, well, I was with the same person for 14 years. I don't know how to do this. And so my first relationship was actually with one of my very old friends. I have a, a relational history of dating friends because it was safe, right? So I get together with my good, good friend um, of like many years at that point. We're still friends. It's been almost two decades. And I would say that that was definitely divine intervention as well, because he was like a very, very safe presence. His body was very safe. His, his presence was very safe. Um, he's like a farmer and a massage therapist. So he does a lot of presencing with land, with bodies. And so my body had so many trauma triggers and fight or flight reactions inside of it. It's 
especially in the gut, especially in the gut. And when I was with him and it was a long distance relationship, so I didn't have to be like with him very much, but every time we would get together or, or be together, I did a couple of things. I kind of like stopped eating because I didn't trust my body to digest food. Um, you know, so I was kind of like starving myself when I was around men. Interesting, right? I, so I would say that this was disordered and it took me probably another, you know, five years or so to say like, yes, I had disordered eating. Sometimes I still have disordered eating, um, around the men. Okay. And so it was like, I didn't trust my body to digest food. And that like rest and digest is the parasympathetic, right? So I didn't, I wasn't trusting the parasympathetic response to work when I was around men, even though I felt really safe around that particular man. So, you know, moving down the line, 10 months later, we're not together anymore. Another man comes into my life, all these soulmates, all these like divine lessons. And this man was a fire sign and he like wanted to, you know, he was kind of fast moving. And I really like didn't have a lot of faith in my gut when I was with him. And so again, I was like starving myself, never like eat before dates. Like, like eating on a date is the weirdest thing to me. Like even still, I'm like, I don't want to go eat. Like, let's take a walk or let's take a hike. Like, let's, you know, and so because like eating and resting and digesting was so vulnerable. I know I'm not the only one out here, but I don't hear people talking about this. And this is why I'm talking about it because um, being with a man is a really vulnerable place to be. And then women are like managing that in our bodies in a lot of different ways. And so here I'm talking about it for us all ladies. Um, okay. So then I meet this amazing lover, like fucking amazing lover. Like this man was the lover archetype. He also had some like sexual shadow because, um, you know, we had kind of like a secret relationship because he was going through this divorce. And so, um, I didn't quite know how secret it was. Um, but you know, it was. And so I think like there was, there was a, a shadowy element in it for him, but anyway, it was super hot sex. And, um, but I also like very much loved him, wanted to trust him, you know, like let him into my house. He had met my son and he really opened me sexually, you know, as someone who remember, I said that I had had all of that sacred remembrance about sexuality before getting pregnant with my daughter. And then like all of the shame and everything shut it down. And so with this man, I was really able to start to really come back into my body and kind of like let loose a little bit more, like the, the deeper our relationship went, um, the more comfort that I had, but here's what I remember. And this is ugh, so vulnerable and so raw. I remember that when, you know, and he was kind of leading that lovership. Um, I remember not knowing if my body would fail while we were 
intimate, like while we were making love. What do I mean by that? Hello, this is a trauma signal, by the way. If this is happening to you, it's a signal that there is undiscovered trauma that you know you can you can work with, you can presence with, you can heal. Um, but it was a major red flag, and I didn't even know that it was a major red flag because I was I just knew what I knew at the time. But you know, what I mean by that is honestly that I didn't know, like if I got so vulnerable that I was having like hot sex. I didn't know if my gut and my colon would like get the message that they couldn't like misbehave at that time. And so it was like, if I have a full on orgasm, am I going to like lose control everywhere? It was like, is my body going to lose control? Is my body going to fail me? Is my stomach going to fail me? Is my, you know, colon going to fail me? Okay. And like, these were the fears that I had really, really deep fears. And then I was learning, no, my body knows what to do. And it trusts this space. And, you know, I felt like I was safe. And so I let myself open into that loving space, that like really, really hot, intimate space. And I opened and and I had many experiences in that space of actually healing trauma, like in that space. Um, and that man was, was a very, um, attuned energetic and, and healer as well. And so it was like, you know, sexual healing. <laughs> it really, really was. Um, and then what happened was he just left. He just ghosted. He just ghosted. Why did he do that? Um, can't quite say, but it was also in combination with the time where I was standing in my power. So this was the time where I was beginning to leave my career altogether and an issue had come up at work with a male uh, boss, a male lead, and I was standing up to him. I was very scared. I didn't even know my legal rights and things like that, but I was standing up to it. It took a lot of courage. And in that space of me using that courage, I now see that it was too much for that man, for that partner to handle it. Like he was scared of me and the realness that was going on and the things that I was standing up for. And he was like, why don't you just be complacent? Like he really was saying that, like, why don't you just be complacent, save your ass, save your salary and, you know, stay and be quiet. And I was like, Oh no, no, I'm standing up for what's happening here. And ended up that um, I was like offered a severance and, and shown the door. And so I was going through this super, super vulnerable time and he ghosted. Like, even though we had experienced all of that depth, he was like, I'm out. So the, the body and my feminine system got this message that was like, wow, you can go to that depth and that level of trust with a man and that level of healing with a man, but it doesn't even mean that you won't be, you know, surprised, thrown out. It felt like being gutted. It was like a, a deep um, being taken advantage of, you know, just all of these things were coming up and um, yeah, it was like, wow, I, I felt used. I really felt used. Later on, I would call that feeling consumed. 
So how many women out there have like opened up to a man, the man really enjoys it, you enjoy it, there's big, beautiful things happening, maybe even God's involved, divine union, all of that. And then there's this feeling of being left with less. Yeah, I thought so. The feeling of being left with less. I don't want to go into victim consciousness here. So I want to remind us that we're all sovereign. We all got into these things like for our own learning, for our own integration, right? And yet there were times where I definitely felt like something had been done to me or something had been taken from me um, while I was working through like the, the liberation of the victim consciousness. So, um, we all had our role in it, but I definitely felt like I was left with less. Okay. So then fast forward through like another year and a half and that same thing kind of happens again. I won't go into the details cause I'll just speed this up. And so, and that one was like the fucking big kicker, like huge soul relationship. And I opened, I trusted I let him in, you know, all this, again, intimacy, connection, opening, opening, even though it was scary, my body is still giving me signals that it's still scary, but here I am trying to open. And I'll talk a moment here about this cultural message, especially in like, you know, spiritual coaching places that women are supposed to surrender and the sacred feminine is supposed to surrender. Well, how much trauma do we have in our systems that we're trying to override while we're trying to be, you know, good little sacred feminine and just surrender? And I've written about this quite a bit because to surrender, you have to heal your trauma, know your body and stop looking, you know, to the man to prove to you that it's safe to surrender in that space. And I still had so much trauma in my body that was like kind of unresolved, even though I was a super high functioning woman, right? Um, Super smart, knew about trauma, knew about like feminine, masculine, all of that, but was still working through um, the actual trauma that actually lived in my body. But I was like really trying hard to surrender and to trust. And I thought that if I surrendered to a man, that that man would be activated more into the divine masculine to like care for me more. Okay. So I thought that my surrender was supposed to activate a man to do the right thing. Hi, I know that there are some people listening that have that going on. Okay. So that's a really delicate one. Schedule a session with me if you want to talk more about that. Okay. So I was trying to surrender, but my body was still giving me signals, especially in the gut, especially with digestion, that it actually wasn't a safe place to fully surrender. But I was trying to force the surrender. And so at the beginning of that relationship, I had, you know, the gut issues that I kind of had to like work through, work through, work through. Okay. We're in a space of trust. And then same thing happens. He's gone. And this time he's gone and there's yelling and there's, um, you know, like directed at me, like this violent communication. And I got so scared like so scared. I changed the locks on my house. 
um, I did not feel safe. And so I go back into this trauma that was like, okay, I let another man in. These are soulmates. And then I'm left with less. And now I'm left with so much fear in the body. And so after that one, I was like, done. I was like swearing off men for a long time. And, um, yeah. And then eventually God was like, you're not done yet. You're not even 40, you know, get back in there. So I did. And, um, got involved in one more relationship that I've talked a lot about actually, like on this podcast and through the heartland stories that I've told on this podcast. And he like really, really, he seemed to really adore me and like almost wanted to eat me up. You know, there was this like, you know, he would squeeze me and he would, he's like, Oh, I'm so happy that you're here. And, um, just loved to be intimate with me and just like really wanted to eat me up. Well, now I would call this energy of consumption. And it took me all this time to like recognize that that's what was going on and to identify consumptive energetics. No, it's not just that they run through men, right? Uh, they run through men with mother wounds, like very often. Um, and then he wants to kind of like, you know, devour the feminine or consume the feminine or have the feminine. And it, um, it's, it's quite a bit of work for a man to not be running those energies. Um, but also women, you know, when we have, um, you know, trauma, trust issues, victim issues, that kind of thing, like we're, we're opening up, um, hoping that our resources will be honored and, you know, maybe even being consumptive in our own way and like wanting him to, you know, prove our safety or prove our provision and things like that. So it gets really wacky because it's like, um, what are we looking for? And by the time I got together with this man, um, I really had like turned off desire. And this is a really important point that I want to make. Like, where are you with desire? If you're listening, where are you with desire? Have you turned off desire? Like, do you have gut issues? And have you turned off desire? I'm talking to you. Okay. Because when so many things happen to us, and I think that's why I painted that picture of the, of the story and the, the linear kind of timeline. When things have like built up over time and we feel like we're not winning and, and this and that, we can turn off our desire or like not know where the life force is coming from to propel our lives forward. And I was really kind of stuck in that. And I had done so much healing, so much trauma healing, so much like, you know, continuing to get back up that I was like really tired. I was really tired. And I kind of settled for like this guy who I thought was going to be like a good guy. And then I had this giant awakening about depletion and consumption and the land and all of that I call heartland. Um, and I teach that. And so I really, you know, because the same fucking thing happened again, I opened up, I moved in with him. And as far as the gut goes, I had the same gut issues at the beginning of the relationship, same gut issues. Am I safe here? I had to learn to trust. I had to like, you know, 
learn to digest in front of him. Like I had to bring in that parasympathetic again. Ended up moving in with him. Interestingly, inside of his house, I did not have digestion issues. I didn't, Um, which I think my feminine felt safe. It felt secure. It felt provided for. And in terms of the structure around me. Um, And then he pulled out. He was like, just kidding. I'm not doing this. I'm done. And as soon as he did that, it was probably the biggest flare up of IBS that I have had in my adult life. Okay. So huge, huge signal from my gut that I felt utterly unsafe. And then I have to like, you know, move homes again. So there's like all of this, you know, safety and security stuff that's just coming up and coming up and coming up. So I move into my own apartment and I was like, I'm going to chill the fuck out. And I have this like man cleanse. I did a podcast about the man cleanse and I just like was not going to get involved with anyone because I was tired. I was like, the story was like every single time I get together with a man, I feel more depleted. My body's more depleted. My resources are more depleted. And last year I just kind of like was existing with these gut issues. I I just really was. I was drinking black tea. I was, um, you know, just like, I knew that my gut didn't feel good. And I was like, it's just me. So whatever. And like, like, I just didn't feel like I was winning around this. And I was still trying to figure out like all of these energetics of consumption, depletion, like, you know, why that happened. I mean, all this crazy shit. And spirit started to signal me probably around like August of 2021. It was like, Hey, okay, you, you need to do something about the gut and the hormones, because I think like my hormones were getting out of whack. And at this time I'm like 40, I turned 41 this year. And so I start talking with Christine Garvin, who I have um, interviewed on this podcast. She's a hormone expert, I would say, for women. And, you know, she starts talking to me about like protein and bringing protein into the gut and how my gut wasn't digesting the sugars. We did a podcast episode on that. And so I started to like really clean up my eating in a new way because I'm healthy and I was healthy and like, it would have looked as though I shouldn't have had IBS. Like I would say that, like I, you know, organic food, I eat um, primarily paleo, even less meat now than ever. And I was like, I should be digesting food, but I was still having all this problem digesting food. And so, um, you know, I was getting the signal from spirit. That's like, again, you got to get back up, Sarah. You have to continue to go to your next level. And and like everything's going to be revealed. I want to say that if you're listening, everything is going to be revealed. Now, we can stagnate and we can stagnate for a little while. And then spirit is going to say, get up and you know do this. And it's going to give you like an intuition. Or it's going to kind of give you a swift kick in the ass and it's going to take something away or bring something into your life. And then that's going to signal like, you got to go to your next level. You can't just exist in 
this level when something is uncomfortable. And I had gotten so used to over the years just existing with a level of discomfort in my gut, just existing with that, not thriving around that, but existing with it. And um, so what happened was, well, a lot of things, but on the soul journey, kind of as it unfolded, I was having an Akashic Records reading with a woman named Rebecca Rose, who I absolutely recommend. Um, and Rebecca can read kind of like intergalactically, understands trauma and understands trauma um, that happens energetically. Okay. So like trauma in the astral. And so what happened was I was signaled in this session with Rebecca to look at a trauma that I had actually recovered like back with Anne two or three years prior, probably two years prior. And that trauma was actually about a childhood rape by someone very close to me. Yeah. Right. And so I had already, I'd recovered the memory and trauma therapy. I knew that it had happened. I thought that I had dealt with it. And Rebecca Rose and the guides were saying, hey, do you know about this trauma? And I said, I do. I thought I dealt with it. And she was saying, well, you, you actually have to deal with it more. You have to go back into it. And wow. Um, so that's what I had to do. And I had to look at, you know, all of these energetics around men, masculine power, um, depletion. It was like going to the root of the root of the root in this lifetime. Um, but it's something that I've been, you know, trying to work out the energetics of like dismantling the patriarchy from my system for many lifetimes. And so that was the incident in this lifetime where my power was very much taken and it was very much on purpose. And so I want to talk about that for a moment. And I want to talk about childhood trauma and things like rape from the perspective of taking power and stealing power, because it really goes beyond just what a human perpetrator would be doing. And, and, and it goes beyond just the physical realm and it goes into like the light and the dark and it goes into, um, you know, good and evil. And so my perpetrator was carrying out like a very evil agenda. And it was an attempt to break my soul connection, break my source connection. And I'm saying these things very obviously because I want us to know about them. When you have a childhood trauma, such as sexual abuse or rape, it is something acting through the human perpetrator. And it probably means that you are a very important light being. It probably means that you are a very important sacred soul. And because they don't just do this to just anybody, they're doing it to specifically break your source connection. And so that's what Rebecca was signaling me to go back and look at was a portion of my source connection that had really been broken in this highly consumptive, highly violent, highly um, just like 
you know, done for the purpose of fucking breaking me, like as a child. And that was the root of my gut issues. That's why as a little girl, I was sitting on that carpet at reading time, holding my gut because like the gut was actually targeted and it was actually like the gut, the colon, you know, and the earth connection from there. And, um, it, it was purposefully broken. And so all of this time throughout my entire life, I have been holding a fear pattern in my gut from a trauma that my mind blocked me from because I was so little, it was so incomprehensible that this would be happening, that this person would do this to me, um, that it would happen where it happened. Cause guess what? It happened in a church, like what the fuck. Um, and so it, it was just like the most brutal thing. And so I, throughout my entire adult life, thought that my stomach issues psychosomatically went back to the birth and loss of my daughter. But really, they go back to the fear in the gut of the masculine and the fear of being killed. The fear of being killed. Women, I love you. I'm saying this so that we can look at it, right? So hang in there because I'm going to say a couple more things. So what happens, you know, I'm going about coming back into the power in my gut and I'm doing um, monthly colonics, I'm doing parasite cleanses and I'm clearing parasites because guess fucking what? Nobody wants to talk about this, but I will. If you've in, endured, you know, violence, like where do parasites come from? Well, they're, they're taking your life force. So I actually think that, you know, trauma that has to do with sexual trauma or like rape or anal rape, those kinds of things, like, I think it's going to implant evil. Oh my God. I just said that on my podcast, right? It's like, what, Sarah, really? Yes. Fucking really? Like, let's look at this this stuff. And so, um, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, if I'm lacking life force or if I am struggling to find my full life force, I got to clean out parasites. I've got to look at like, what is sucking off of my life force energy? And I need to do that physically, you know, parasites. I need to do that energetically, what energetic parasites are in my, in my energy field. I need to like recalibrate my energy field all the fucking time to make sure that it's clean. And that I'm connected to my source connection and that I'm connected to this earth. And then I make sure that my energy is my own. And so that's when the true power starts to come back online. And I want everyone to hear this because if you're like, I'm I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, but I'm not feeling stronger. I'm not feeling stronger. It's because you're still not like getting your own life force energy and, and you're not like in charge of your own life force and you're not connected to your sovereign source connection. This is why I started to do these sovereignty sessions. Okay. I'm, I'm really feeling strongly about this. Um, we, you know, what the fuck else is there other than our own sovereignty? So it's not just healing your trauma. It's also making sure that all of your energy is your own. 
And yeah, I talk about this in terms of like using feminine and masculine archetypal energy and the God source energy of feminine and masculine to come back into that wholeness. So if we have trauma that's related to masculine, then we need to resource with the holy masculine, the divine masculine, and um, and integrate those very sacred energies into our own being as women. Now that's when you're going to work with me longer. We're going to go deep diving. Okay. But you get your sovereignty back by bringing your energy back from those traumas, from those stories, from the perpetrators. Okay. And resourcing with your own source connection. So I started to look at my sovereignty journey as it applied to my gut. I would have said I was doing this before, but you know, here we are next level, right? So I was doing the parasite cleanses. I was doing the colonics. Um, you know, you, you, fun fact, you pass more parasites at the full moon. So like doing parasite cleanses over the full moon, getting a colonic, parasites would, would come out. Um, you know, so I'm like moving this, you know, like just healing the gut lining and taking back sovereignty in the gut lining. And then I was looking, of course, at what I was eating and um, just like feeling out intuitively what to do next. And and so I have been on a gut healing protocol. I'm actually not going to drop like the names of what I've been doing because it's going to be up to you to find your path. I'm not giving like medical referrals or anything like that. Um, but, you know, again, follow Christine Garvin. Um, because she's talking about women's health and hormones and gut healing, um, which I think is a sovereignty path, obviously. And then, um, you know, check out, I, I interviewed Erin Fisher and I interviewed Thea Satram and both of them had really, you know, like golden nuggets for me in the past, um, you know, couple of months, half a year or so. And, you know, Thea talking about that Mayan abdominal massage, really coming back into a lot more touch with my own gut um, has really helped it to begin to integrate. And, And that has to do with like layers of, you know, personal power. And, um, and Thea talks about the womb heart, um, like portal, and the gut is right in between that. And so we have all of these channels that are moving from the womb, the sexual centers to the heart. And I started to experience like through the abdominal massages, through self-pleasure experiences that um, I was like, there was this missing link of desire and that this fear existed in my gut, this fear of being consumed, this fear of being depleted, honestly, this fear of being killed. Um, by the masculine specifically, right? And I I wasn't conscious of this, but you can tune in. I started talking about this in Heartland last week and women were like, oh my God, that's what it is. It's a fear of being killed by the masculine. Yep, it is, okay? And like, let's acknowledge that and take our power back (laughs) and we'll be um, moving on down the line, right? So um, yeah, tuning into this really interesting thing. And this is really important. The the fear that I was holding in my gut, this fear of being consumed, killed, depleted. Okay. I started noticing 
that that was the exact place of desire. And in my, in Heartland and my teachings and the stuff I talk about, I've been talking about like how when women are just productive and going after things and wanting more and more money, like we can be consumptive. We can be consuming of the earth's resources. We can be out of integrity. And it's not enough to like want material stuff. It's not enough to like want money. I don't think that that's true desire. You can call bullshit on that if you want to. I think that that's consumptive desire. So what I'm talking about is like, can we feel the desire of the divine moving through us? Can we feel the desire, you know, like I started to awaken to at like 17, 18 years old with that partner, like making love in nature and the desire that I was, you know, awakening to in, in 2017, where I had that amazing lover. And it's like, can I feel my body? Can I be in the energy with the divine current moving through me without the fear that something's going to be taken from me right now? Can I move the energy, like truly move the energy of desire through me without feeling a constriction that something's going to happen, that I'm going to lose something, that something's going to be taken? So it's really interesting when it gets into the topic of like intimacy or feeling good because, you know, oftentimes we're bringing this tension, this self-protection in this abdominal area, in this torso area, this area where, yes, we would be killed, you know, potentially in previous traumas, like this was the area of vulnerability. And so we're coming back into, you know, we want to stand in our power. We want to stand in our um, like full prosperity. We want the divine moving through us. Well, we have to deal with the trauma as it is holding us in self-protection patterns, holding us in fear patterns and preventing us from truly like moving forward in like a divine dance. And I realized that that's, that's where I had been um, this past year as I was dissecting consumption. I wasn't like really feeling the own pulse, my own pulse of the desire, my own life force, the desire moving through me again. And then I was having little glimpses of it and glimpses of it. And then guess what happens? God sends a man. God sends a man. So what happens in the first bit of relationships? All of our shit comes up. And so, of course, I don't want to eat. In front of them, I have this old pattern and I believe I can't digest food. I'm not going to eat. And I just, you know, I got still. I got still. He and I are really honest with one another. We're also really committed to not having a trauma-bonded codependent relationship, right? Like that's not even an option. We're having a sovereign divine relationship. And so it's like, we can we can hear you know what's going on and kind of like hold space, but we don't swoop in to save the other person, right? We just we presence, we presence. This is like what I teach couples in my foundations of conscious relationships class, and we're just doing it, okay, naturally. And so what I identified and what I was like trying to explain to him in the beginning was the fear that's in my gut at the core 
is a fear of being gutted. It is a fear of being killed. And to open up to the masculine brings up that fear. And that fear lives in my gut. But I'm going to be with that because what I also am starting to realize is that this space where I feel this fear is the exact portal of the desire that I wish to experience. And so I'm going to move at my body's pace. I'm going to, you know, be trauma-informed and sensitive to myself. And I'm going to walk to my edges. And so, (laughs) so that's what's happening. And the more I am, you know, healing and integrating on all the levels, all the levels, right? Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, the more I like, you know, I continue to do colonics and on these various protocols. I'm doing an H. pylori cleanse right now. Um, You know, just really eating like only what I want to eat, like intuitive eating or like eating, you know, according to desire. Um, You know, the more I do that, the more the entire system comes into integration. So let's see if there's anything else. So looking at my notes, I want to go for just a few more moments into the topic of desire. I stopped wanting. This is something that I've said to a couple of people and they don't, they're like, what? Why? I don't get it. Um, So I want to acknowledge this. I stopped wanting because I couldn't figure out like this missing piece about desire. And I knew that it wasn't, you know, this like pseudo spirituality bullshit that's all over the internet about like, you know, a woman, like just connect to your pussy and you can have all the power. Like I was way past that. All right. Like way fucking past that. I was, I've been on this road for a really long time, but there was still something about the sacred remembrance that I wasn't fully getting because like I was, I'd almost resigned myself to not survival because I live like a a pretty sweet life. Um, But it was like, I didn't, I, I stopped wanting. Okay. Like I wasn't really Um, going after the things and manifesting and calling it in and like all that shit. I was so over that. And I didn't really have a desire to, you know, pump up um, the business superficially. I didn't really have a desire to cultivate like a relationship. And, you know, over, over the past year, I was like really disassembling things, really disassembling them, looking at like, what kind of business do I want to run? And I want to run a heart-centered business and a love-centered business. And so I, I don't want this fucking energetic of consumption to be in anything that I do. That's really what I've been doing. I was like, I was cleaning out consumption and coming back into energetic integrity in hopefully like every area of my life. And I continue to do so. And so it was a period of cleansing and it was not a period of like big desiring. There was like satisfaction 
but there wasn't a lot of desire. But what also happened was like, I wasn't winning. I wasn't like really winning financially. You know, I wasn't like really winning in human connection. I was kind of like, okay, gotta, gotta get back into it. You know, gotta find the spark. Okay. And so that's when I really started to like get back into my body and, um, like re-walking this path of Eros. And that's kind of another conversation. But relearning to desire brought me back to my life force. And and I was just I was just sharing that this area in the body of the stomach can be the area where we primarily guard and tense up and fear we're going to be taken from, or we can feel the life force moving through us again. And like, this is what I was doing in the woods this morning. And then after the woods, I went to the gym and, and it's like, I want to feel more sensations in my gut. I want to feel the energy moving through it. I want to feel, you know, the muscles working. I want to feel the wholeness and integration of my body and come out of this protective energetic and be more just like embodied and, um, you know, powerful. Like the solar plexus is in there. The womb is in there. And so when we stop guarding, when we're guarding, it's a certain energetic. Can you feel it? When we're guarding, when we have IBS, when we're like protecting the trauma body, when we're, I don't know what's wrong with me. There's a tension. There's a hollowness. There's a a fear. There's a protection of like, don't let the man come near me because who fucking knows what's going to be taken from me this time. Right. But if we're standing and cultivating our own life force energy through this area of our body, you know, like picking up a kettlebell, um, doing twists, going for a run, doing like the bicycle crunches, um, you know, like moving, like doing erotic dance, um, doing the, the abdominal massage, um, self-pleasure, having orgasms and moving the energy up and into the belly and then like doing the abdominal massage after orgasm. I mean, all of that's going to work to integrate the power, the power and the life force back into you that is you. And so I think what we're doing here, and I'm still on this path, but I think what we're doing here is replacing the fear of being gutted, the fear of like this, you know, patriarchal, something can be taken from me. And we are bringing our own life force, our own desire, our own um, just like fullness back into this area of the body. And we really have to listen to the body to see what is going to be wanted, desired, right? Like if, if your body wants, um, well, here's an example. My body yesterday really wanted an omelet. My body was like so craving protein yesterday. And I would like, I haven't eaten eggs all month because I've been doing this, um, protocol for the gut. And I didn't know if I was having a reaction to eggs, but it was so clear that I wanted a salmon omelet (laughs) yesterday morning that I was like, I am most definitely making a salmon omelet and eating it because my body was desiring it. 
Okay. And so like, and as I eat it, I'm eating with that desire and desire is different than consumption. If I just eat when I want to consume something, that's a different energetic. My stomach's going to get upset. If I eat when I desire something, everything is utilized. It's like no energy is wasted in that scenario. And so, my friends, I will ask you, where, where are you protecting yourself via your stomach? Where are you experiencing closure with men or masculine and potentially forcing yourself to open anyway? Maybe having a little trauma response every fucking time you're with a man or every time you're having sex. Where is the true desire in how you're engaging with your body and your resources? Like, where's the true desire to eat a certain food? Where's the true desire to open your body to a man? What if you only moved forward when you felt that true desire? Not when you were fearful that something was going to consume you, not when you thought, I better consume this or I'm not going to have it next time, right? But true desire moving through you. How does your body want to move when you hear this, when you tap into desire? If you're someone who has been protecting your gut for a long time, there's probably a lot of ways that you don't move your body. Like there's probably a lot of ways that you just protect your body. And I know what that feels like. I just 1000% know what that feels like. Like you're not going to move in certain ways. You're not going to open in certain ways. You're not going to think you can exercise in certain ways because you're just protecting. You're just like shielding that very vulnerable torso and maybe your heart, right? But it's all connected. Like Thea Satram was talking about in episode, I think 120, she was talking about that heart womb connection. And so it's really like protection of that whole portal, but we want to come out of that protection, not by asking a man to just hold space for us and like prove it to us that men are safe because that fucking backfires and we know that, right? But by, by coming into our own sovereignty, our own integration and our own wholeness, yes, healing and clearing the trauma. But I do hope that me sharing this story also shows you that the exact next right thing for your own healing is going to come up. So please go to the doctor's appointments if you want to. Like go to you you have your experience and I am not giving you medical advice. But what I know about my very long history with this is that if I am attuning to my soul and the nudges and the intuitions about what is next for me, I'm going to be led to that. Like spirit saying, okay, it's time to clean up the gut. Okay, it's time to do these parasite cleanses. It's time to, you know, do these colonics and these protocols. It's time to move the body. It's time to get back into working out differently. It's time to believe in your power, right? Like all of those intuitions came to me and they were exactly right on. And so your soul is trying to integrate your healing. It is. Everything wants to come back to integration and wholeness and abundance and prosperity and healthy desire. Everything does. Um, 
So then that's the last question that I would ask you is what are you truly desiring right now? This is a big question. There's a lot of superficial answers to this. I want you to sit with it. What is your body truly desiring? How do you know if you're truly desiring food? How do you know if you're truly desiring sex and intimacy? What do you truly desire from your living space? What do you truly desire to create versus just going through the fucking motions with productivity? So you can find those answers, but don't fall into a superficial trap because culture just tells you to want more. That's just consumption. And if you're running that, you probably have a fear that you're going to be taken from. So you're probably outrunning a fear from the trauma, from the past, (laughs) and projecting it onto your own consumption calling a desire. It's probably not that. You have to get to the real desire and remembering, sacredly remembering what actual desire feels like in you. And guess what? I think it comes from the gut. So trust that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this whole thing. And I fucking love you and I love your desire and I want you to get it. All right. Reach out to me with um, personal inquiries, with any desire to work together um, for any length of time. I'm here for you. I'm here for your sovereignty and your source connection. And so much love. Talk soon. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.